yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Will Slattery and I'm delighted to be bringing you a schools rugby special this week. And joining me in studio is Tony Ward and Des Berry. Guys, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, thanks Will. Will. Good to be here. And just before we get into all things schools rugby, a reminder that this Saturday, Tony's bumper schools rugby preview supplement is in the Irish Independent. I know you've been painstakingly slaving away at it for a couple of weeks. It's everything you'd want to know about not just the Leinster Schools Cup competition, Munster, Ulster and Conter all covered in depth as well. You have squad previews, your overall tournament previews and even a couple of schools rugby legends who went on to great things talking about their careers. We might touch on that a little bit later, Tony, but first of all, I guess we will start off with Leinster. It, it will be the biggest uh, tournament and I think you've drawn the conclusion that I think most people have as well that Michaels and Blackrock are once again the team to beat. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the real guide, as you know, Will, from your own time in school is uh, obviously how teams do in the Junior Cup. And if you were to look at why Michaels have so many players coming through now into the professional game, you go back over the last 10 years, you see how well they've done at Junior, and then ultimately they ended up winning the Senior Cup last year. In fact, they should have a few more Senior Cups. And certainly over the last number of years at Junior level, Michaels and Rock have dominated. Uh, this is a particularly good Michaels team. We thought last year Rock, who had mainly a sixth-year team, would be too strong for Michaels, but Michaels turned them over, won the cup last year, and this year Michaels are favourites because this is, as I say, their dream team. And 13 of the 23 back again this year, and that was a first-ever win over Black Rock in the Senior Cup as well. How important is that to finally Huge. get that monkey off their back? Yeah, absolutely. Psychologically, it's massive. I mean, when I was growing up in school, uh, given that I went to a Holy Ghost school like you, I uh, went to Mary's, but Michaels was a feeder school effectively for Willow and Black Rock back in those days, and it began to change around that time. So, you know, there's been a lot of psychological barriers to become overcome over the years. But look, people like Noel Turley, Gary Coakley, they planted the seeds. And in recent years, the quality of coaching Michaels has been absolutely superb. And I think they deserve great credit, and I know Des will agree with me on this. When you look at the quality of players that they're churning out into the Leinster professional game now, BlackRock and Michaels I'm talking about particularly, people slag them off and say they just dominate. It's all about winning the Schools Cup. Yes, it's important, but look at the players who are now earning a living out of rugby through the quality of the coaching they're receiving 
and the education that they're getting along the way. I think it's been brilliant. And yeah, I did a bit of research before on days. 2009 is the last time St. Michael's have fielded a senior cup team without a professional player in it. You know, So for the last decade, every single senior cup team they produce has had at least one pro player in there. And I know you've written a lot about you know the school and how they've become such a kind of a professional breeding ground over the last couple of years. It really has become kind of a worldwide standard bearer in that regard. Yeah, it has. Um, for for many years, it was more that they were producing producing professional players rather than winning the trophies, which is in a roundabout way the way it is probably best benefits Irish rugby. But um, I mean, I, I I would say their dream team was actually the James Ryan team when they had Max and all those players. Tony, you remember that, and they didn't win the cup. And for years, based primarily around that, there would have been the the kind of you can call it a mistaken kind of opinion that there was something get atable about them, that they didn't really have that hard edge that you need to win a cup. So that's that's faded with the years, but they're still largely this team, this Tony calls it a dream team. And, and fair enough they have a lot of names, but they don't have many massive physical players, which is what increasingly what the game is about. And they did lose Tony will know better than me. They lost a rock in their preseason friendly. Now that preseason friendly is not like any other preseason friendly. There's thousands at it. It's a huge game. It's the biggest game of their preseason. Uh, and Rock beat them by a point. And Rock have some really good forwards. So the, I mean, while they're out in front in terms of uh, likely winners of the trophy, it, it's by it's by no means a dream team against you know a kind of a Rock average team. It, it's actually fifty fifty as far as I've been told and from what I've seen. So. Uh, I'll just make the point on the dream team point. Yeah. In 95-96, as you know, when Leo and yeah. Barry Gibney and Peter Smith and all that crew were in Blackrock, they were acknowledged as their dream team as such. Uh, when I say dream team, Des, they've come all the way up because I, I watch it from junior school right yeah. through the senior school. I, I, I see them all the way up. And that team has been virtually unbeaten all the way up. So they are outstanding. The team you mentioned was particularly good, but they underperformed in the Cup, yeah. the one that Max and James were on. Uh, in fact... Mary should have beaten them in a first round, I remember that year, and then I think Clongos did in the quarterfinal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, that team could have gone on to win the Cup, but this team is fulfilling its potential, given that they've won the Junior Cup, they beat Rock in a replay three years ago, and they won the Senior Cup last year, a year ahead of schedule. So I still think they are the favourites this year. But like you just said, there is precious little between them. That game to which Des refers, Will, I'm sure you've been at it. I go every year to it. It's Williamstown one year, it's Michael's the other year. And uh, he's right. Like there's two, three thousand turn up <laughs> at that game. It's like it's really hard to see it because they're on the pitches, as you know, yeah. in there. Um, but the quality of players produced by Blackrock and Michael's in recent years, and that's not ignoring the others. Gonzaga are very strong this year. They're really unlucky with the draw. Gonzaga won the league. Um, Clongos have a good team this year, a little bit under the radar as whenever they have a good side they tend to play it that way I'd watch out for Clongos too and Newbridge have a good senior side so some of the so-called mid-ranking schools are well capable of causing an upset or two Yeah and just before we get a little more in-depth on those teams just for people who mightn't be aware to this Michael's Dream Team thing, 17 Leinster schools representatives of toss 18 and 19 and 4 Ireland school representatives so they do have a lot of quality there Chris Cosgrave in the background and Will Hickey in the pack are probably two guys to look out for if anyone's interested guys who were there last year for the uh, cup winning team and back again and uh, Tony I was interested you know to talk about Gonzaga there because they got to their first final last year nightmare draw with Black Rock in the first round but you know, do they have a chance of, of you know taking a huge scalp there they do seem to be you know one of the maybe top tier teams just below the big two now it's the dreaded draws you know again 
with our familiarity with D6, uh, that was always the preserve with respect to Temple Oak College of Terenure and Mary's. That for me is now a three-way street. Gonzaga are very much part of that. They have more pupils than they had in our day. I think they were around 600 now, or short of that. Um, but they're, they're a serious power in Dublin 6 now. And uh, in my opinion, they are competing very much on an even keel with Mary's and Turner in recent years. It is a nightmare draw. Uh, it was fantastic to get to the final last year. And the last thing you want is to draw a rock in the first round. Any school. That's the draw you don't want. That's We're talking about the psychological thing. Mm. Uh, and Rock certainly have that in their favour. Um, it's a great game to get the Cup underway on Sunday. Can they do it? The answer is yes. Probably no better time to get Black Rock than in the opening round in some ways. I remember in my last year in school, we got Rock in the opening round and we beat them. And Mary's didn't meet Rock that often back in back in the day. Um, so they have that in their favour. But it's a, it's a great great game to get the Cup underway on Sunday. Yeah, they... Um the uh, the five starters back from last year, I see um, with Hugo Fitzgerald and Tom Cullen, I think he may be their captain in the back row. Harry Colbert is probably their most influential player at out half. But the thing about guns, I would say they've moved past Terenure and St. Mary's. I mean, how far this idea of the traditional six that was is long gone now. Terenure and St. Mary's haven't really competed at the top end for a few years, Tony. I think Gonzaga have moved past. They're actually, there's a strong argument that they shouldn't be playing in the Leinster League because they're just too good for the Leinster League. Now, some other schools would have something to say about that, but they're fine side. They they play some really good structured rugby. It's it's not too dissimilar to what St. St. Michael's play, actually, their style. And I think um, they might have a coaching influence that might have come out of uh, Well, St. Declan Fassbender's done a great so, job there uh, in recent years. Great um, job. Yeah, so... I, I just don't. I've seen. He's ex Gonzaga too. By yeah, the way. I've seen. Uh, I've seen um, Gonzaga playing this year. I just, I don't think they're going to be. They're going to get past Black Blackrock. Put it that way. I mean, it's a terrible first round. They say is the best chance to get Blackrock. But when you're Gonzaga and you've won the league and your profile is going up, there is no good round to get Blackrock because they, they won't be taken lightly by uh, Justin Fanson. Yeah, Tony, what, what do you make? I guess there's makes a good point there. You know, some of the traditional big six schools, Ternier and Marys, we both refer to there, have kind of slipped down a bit. And in many ways, it's not bad for the overall tournament to have a more of a mix of schools competing, you know, for semi final places, which I think before last season, Gonzaga hadn't even made a semi final, let alone a final. Yeah, no, it, it, it's great for the game the more schools that get involved. And I think what's been good in recent years is that, you know, we talk about the traditional uh, strongholds, and in each province, whether it's Garbley, whether it's Christians and Prez, whether it's Black Rock, Belvo, whoever, there are the top schools. But to be fair, even in this age, we're seeing a lot of breakthrough schools, like um, Gonzaga getting to the final for the first time last year, if CBS Roscommon, a traditional Gaelic school, who got to the final in Connacht last year, won the Junior League again this year, which shows it's not just a freak team. In other words, they have a very strong senior team. Watch out for them in the West this year. Um, they're going to go very, very close. Uh, you Glenn Stoll winning the Cup for the first time ever last year, getting to two finals in a row. So Even Temple Carrick there yesterday, qualifying for the first time for absolutely. the Lens Senior Cup first yeah, round. And Temple Carrick won the Father Godfrey a few years ago, and they're only in existence a few years ago. In fact, this is the first year that Temple Carrick have had all six years that they've actually filled the school from first to sixth 
next year. So I'm hugely encouraged by all that in schools coming through. That said, at the end of the day, it's a numbers game. That is the biggest single difference. And the biggest schools have the biggest advantage for obvious reasons, i.e. Blackrock, Belvedere, etc. And Des isn't far out. I'm not sure I'd say Gonzaga are ahead of Terenure and Mary's quite yet because tradition and history and the, you know, the trophy cabinet over the years is pretty okay in those two schools. Gonzaga have to break that. Michaels are beginning to. Gonzaga have to win the cup. And uh, after last year's performance, they're not a million miles away. And if you look at the rest of the first round, there's a couple of, you know, big heavyweight clashes. You have Clongos versus Terenure and St. Mary's versus Belvedere. You know, either of those, would you give Mary to Terenure the teams we maybe You're making a face as if they don't there have much of a go. chance, maybe. <laughs> there you go. Um, this is it, you see, isn't it? Terenure against Clongos. You see, it's very difficult when you don't see the player. You can, you can ring people, you can talk to people, you can go on players that you've seen or maybe you've seen the Leinster schools, but it's very difficult to tell. Anything can happen in these games. But just going from the pre-season and everything, St. Mary's and Ternure, St. Mary's are competitive this year. Apparently, Ternure are not as competitive. Now, you never count them out, but Clongos, as Tony says, I heard the very same three words, they're under the radar, and when they're good, you don't hear about them. But uh, they've got, you know, they've got some, they've got some good players back, Callum Dowling and, and Luke McMahon in, in the pack. So, uh, but as usual with Clongos as well, they're greater than the sum of their parts. That's that's just doesn't matter. Even when Gordon Darcy was there, that's the way it was. Um, Terenure have a, a big a, a big running wing three quarter Matt McEttrick Stafford, who I've seen playing uh, playing at age grade level. He's a bit of a handful, but there are not that many outstanding players that you'd be picking out that you'd be worried about. So it, it's probably which is going to be the best collective in that one. And then when it comes to St. Mary's and Belvedere, I mean, Belvedere, uh, Daniel Hawkshaw, David's brother, is he's, he's going to be centre out half. And they have got some representative uh, players in the pack, Jonathan Sargent, Hugh Flood, Owen Rutledge. Um, so they're going to have a competitive pack of forwards. And once again, they generally don't play the flashiest rugby, but they always, they're always there. They always stay in games. And uh, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. Apparently St. Mary's have very good halfbacks uh, Dara Gilborn and I've heard Jack Lundy they, they actually I think at junior both played 10 but I think Lundy might be at 9 in the senior cup team and they are very very effective really good players so they, they, a lot will come off them for St Mary's if they play their traditional fast game yeah, and after getting to the junior cup final in 2018 it's a young Mary's yeah. Yeah. so would it be an They're, eye on maybe next yeah, year exactly it's yeah. a bit like Munchens down in, uh, in Limerick Munchens won the junior cup uh, two years ago Mary's were beaten in the final by Rock two years ago uh, and that's a good Mary's team uh, that's coming through Ray Sloanson's number eight on it and uh, there's a lot of talented players in that group think it's a year too young mm-hmm. um, and as I said I'd say the same at Munchens down there uh, Congos I'd watch like um, there's another factor too it's not just being under the radar Clongos tend to conceal as much as they can. It's just the way they operate. And Des is right, that some of the parts is a lot more effective oftentimes than the individual names they'll dish out to you. But in the first term this year, Will, uh, they've won a lot of games, a lot of friendlies. And I saw they had a good win there recently, about a fortnight ago, I picked up against Wallace uh, high up north, who, believe it or not, are possibly the favourites up north. They've never won the cup either another school in that category. But Wallace are particularly strong this year. And Clongos gave them a fair thumping there a couple of weeks ago. So I'd I'd watch Clongos. That said, 
unfortunately, I'm with Des, there's no form going into the cup because there's no league for the top six teams. So you don't know how they are. But Terenure against Klongos, much like Gonzaga against Rock, has all the makings of an absolute thump of a game. And what about Belbo? They've been such an interesting team to watch over the last couple of years, especially the way they've turned over a lot of good Black Rock sides, a lot of good St. Michael sides. And you talk about, you know, knowing how to win cup games. You know, there was one two years ago where they were 19-3 down to St. Michael's with 10 minutes to go, a great St. Michael's team. You know, Scott Penny, Ryan Baird, guys who were lighting it up in professional rugby now. They win 2019. And even when Phil Warahiko left, even last year, Massey... To Caraina, well uh, I tried my best to pronounce that. I spelled it, I yeah, didn't they almost beat him. I was only a point in it, and they they had a good chance of winning that game too. The, there's something in that DNA over the last five, six, seven years where in a close cup game, the other team seems to get a bit wary. The Bell will just know how to shade it. Oh no, absolutely. And again, I come back to the point. They've got the numbers. They've got the interest. Uh, Jerry Foley is a headmaster who appreciates uh, how important rugby is in the school curriculum as regards and the balance between it and the academic side. Um, and Belvedere, I mean, you know, you're, if you're talking about a sleeping giant, um, certainly from the Ali Campbell days, 71, 72, 73, around that time when they won two cups and were in three finals, they went through a very lean period for many years, getting to the odd final. But over the last five years, they've been there or thereabouts. Even last year, I think they only lost semi-final deaths by a point last year, if I'm not mistaken. Was it 16-15 or something? Yeah, it was close anyway. uh, To the eventual winners. So, like... Belvo will always be there or thereabouts and they're going to be difficult again this year and it's great as well with the cross-city rivalry you know and I, you know, I wouldn't say I love seeing the cup going back across the Liffey but <laughs> it is good for the game uh, to see it spread around and Belvo are one of the traditional greats of schools rugby uh, and that continues to this day to be the case and they're well capable of going all the way again this year they're not the favourites Rock and Michaels are no matter what anybody says but I would not rule Belvo out Sometimes you know it's it's not even it's not even how good you are. It's what your record says because winning those cups makes them a school to be feared by schools with maybe who don't have the, the, the mentality to deal with it. I mean, Rock feed on that for years, winning games they shouldn't win. So because of those recent successes, I think Belvedere have that inbuilt belief because those boys were in first, second, third year watching them win and they expect to win. Now, whether their talent merits that expectation internally, the internal expectation... Well, that'll play out, but they're going to be a tough out. For you could bear that point out, even with your own school, Ross Gray, and you see the impact that winning the Cup a few years ago yeah. had on Ross Gray down the ranks. Numbers is their problem mm. at the other extreme of the scale, as you know, because they've, I think they've something like, correct me if I'm wrong, we're only about 185 pupils or something. It's, yeah, it's growing, but yeah. that's it's a very But that's the point is that when, as we all know, that when the senior team does well and you're in first and second mm. year, the impact that has on you is massive. Mm. You want to, they're your idols, they're your role models. You want to be out in Donnybrook, you want to be out in Lansdowne Road, in the RDS, wherever it is. Uh, and that's been massive in Belvedere in recent years, yeah. And it is interesting when you look, because there's obviously more than one way to, to, to win a senior cup, because, you know, I know Belvedere have had, like, you know, Hugh O'Sullivan who's gone into the Leinster Academy, but by and large, a lot of their cup winning teams, their guys haven't been big superstars who've gone on to, to play for Leinster right away, like some of the Michaels and Black Rock guys, yet they were still able to beat them. It shows how cup rugby won and done. It really is very different to maybe developing players for the long term. It is, yeah. But, I mean, they did, I mean, they had, they did a lot of good players. But, um, yeah, I mean, there is an, at the same time, without 
dwelling on them, there is an element of Rangers and Celtic about the Leinster Senior Cup in the last few years. That they're creeping away, and you know they're not stopping. Just they're not, Michael's rock picking. Yeah, <laughs> they're not slowing up for anybody else, you know. And I think Michael's are driving Black Rock on. Yeah. Who's who's about a Richard's bad? I'm just saying uh, it, it's getting close to a two two school cup in in that regards. You know, I mean, of course Belvedere have won it recently, but every year at the start of years, Rock and Michael's, which is. It's but not I go healthy. back to the junior point yeah, because yeah. they put such emphasis on developing yeah. under 14, 15, 16. It's a huge advantage going forward, obviously. Yeah, it, it is undoubtedly. But then again, there's a lot of catch-up to be played. You know, guys you see at junior lighting up. Even this season you go, like I've been at Finney Murray Cup games this season and there's always three or four names you remember and they're just ordinary players in their team when they come to senior. The guy who's the star at 16, even at Finney Murray, gets to 18 and people have caught them up. They've got bigger. They haven't grown. People pass them out. And we have two Finney Murray Cup uh, qualifiers actually in the first round, of course, this year as we do every year. Yeah, because I think some people have said like Michaels and Rocket all weather pitches before some of the provinces. Like, you know, they were operating, you know, with the foresight of, of getting in the best facilities. But just to maybe move on to, to, to Munster, Tony, uh, you know, I know I think that the core skills are very strong again this year. But as you mentioned, Munchen's Rockwell winning junior cups in the last couple of years for the first time, I think in 20 years for both schools. So there is, you know, talent developing in some of the other schools. And they have a new format as well this year that's kind of played out over the course of the season in, in a group format. I couldn't really get my head around it myself. No, it's difficult. Uh, and Ulster are doing something similar yeah. as well, where they divide it into groups before Christmas and they played a round-robin tournament to seed the teams and then they decide who plays who. I think it ended up with Ardskull Reach against, uh, and they're amazing given how the emphasis they put on Hurling and the Hearty Cup against Glenstall. Uh, Ardskull won that and Rockwell hammered uh, high school Clonmel mm. in the other one and they were once off games but they still have the back door I'm, I'm really complicating it now <laughs> for every other team still in it yeah. they have the back door system still so even if you lose your first round game you get another, another chance again it's to give more competitive games so you have four competitive games before Christmas one of you are in the first round two more after that uh, so there's that argument for it not sure it's right. I actually think the Leinster system, I don't know if you agree, Des, but I, I think the Leinster system, since they brought the league in, has been fantastic because it means in any given year, Will, you don't have... When the draw used to be made, and I was a teacher back in the day, when the draw was made in uh, October, that's when it used to be made. It's now made in early December. And if you drew, like, for example, I, I taught in Andrews for a number of years, and I remember one year we drew the dream team when I was teaching in Andrews, and we knew in October that we were playing them in February in Donnybrook. And we we and we did a half-decent team. We actually won the league that year. And, uh, of course, we got to Donnybrook and we got beaten by 30 or 40 points by them. And that's soul-destroying for everybody, and I don't think it serves the game any good. Point I'm making is that because of the league system they have now, that Leinster has now, because of the Vinnie Murray, the development cups um, feeding through, it means that in any given year, a team that qualifies, the two teams Des is talking about, the finalists in this year's Vinnie Murray, they'll be the best teams in that group. So they should perform against the teams that are already qualified for the Cup. Mm. So I think it's a very good system. I think Munster have a way to go yet in that respect. Uh, and Ulster are dabbling again. I'm not sure it's the right thing to see, do. See, you would never like to see it go to some sort of group system, the overall Cup. No, I've heard this argument over the years about having a round-robin Champions League-type system. And 
what people miss out in all this is that for those of us who've been through the school system, they may be only friendlies, as you know. But again, I'll take my own school, Mary's against Rockwell. It was massive every year. You went down there and you're talking about a few thousand. Honestly, you get massive crowds at those games. And... uh, Point being that there's huge emphasis on them, even though there's no points at stake, there's no cup at stake, they're still very, very important. Equally so cross-border games, whether it's Methody going down to Christians or Garbally going over to Clongos or whatever it is, they're huge games and people lose sight of that fact. And they're big within the school. The school build up for them and the team know this is a target they have and a goal that they're aiming for. Yeah, Des, what do you think about the you know, structure in that way? Well, for for Ulster, or sorry, for Munster, it is a matter of numbers. Isn't it? They just don't have enough schools to, you know, yeah. go through the system development, Finney, Murray, Senior Cup, mm. and they have to kind of tinker with it that way. I mean, as Tony said about 20 minutes, it all is a numbers game at the end of the day, you know. But uh, I can see what they're doing. It's very convoluted, and it does, I don't know, would it take the shine off the cup? Uh, prob- possibly it wouldn't because there's a, the revenge element is a very uh, motivating factor for teams. You lose to a team early on, then you can get them later on in the, in the knockout phase, Munster Senior Cup semi-final or final. But um, yeah, this, the structure, yeah, I, I'm just a bit worried at the moment because I, I, as regards Leinster, because really that's the province I know about. I, I don't know as much about Munster and Ulster and Connacht. Just the Vinnie Murray, it, it, as as time goes on, it, I don't think it's the same quality of a competition. And so, yeah. Same uh, like St. Michael's are playing Temple Carrick now next week. So, But Temple Carrick are a fine side. I mean, they've got big players, good players, solid players, but it's going to be very difficult for them. You know, that's a... Now that is the nightmare that is, draw. <laughs> that, is, that is the nightmare draw, yeah. But they are, I've seen, I just saw them yesterday. Oh, Henry Harley's down there. They've... They are a school well, to he's admire. Not well, he's down on the sideline. He's working oh, yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah. He's working no, with he's them. principal at another school. Oh, no, yeah, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the rugby, but um, they are some, they're a school to admire. They, uh, they've they they've just grown, as you said, oh, year by year. Fantastic. Their yeah. first year, it's sixth year, they, they're into the... Their headmaster there is Alan Cox, who was head boy when I was teaching in Andrews and his fanaticism for sport believe it or not he's a Middlesbrough he's going to kill me for this <laughs> Middlesbrough fanatic <laughs> to this day but his support for sport he was an athlete himself for rugby has been huge in the school and Mark Crean who you probably know yeah. as well Crean is the same and they're driving it and, and Temple Carrick are becoming extremely competitive I live down there so I know what's going on locally and Temple Carrick are in a good place and I think they're good for the game in the oh. province going forward and just to give another school a shout out who's competing in the Munster Junior Cup for the first I think public school Bantry as well have qualified for the Munster Junior Cup for the very first time again I know it's a different you know, down Munster but it's great to see other skills coming to the game you mentioned Ross Common CBS and their success that overall that it's it's kind of moving away from the big traditional schools yeah no, it's a, I mean probably the best example down at Munster is Banda Grammar in recent yeah. years they've been fantastic and they were very unlucky again last year and again they're being consistent they're putting uh, it, see sometimes I worry a bit for example uh, and I hope they'll forgive me for saying that St. Fintan's had a very good team about was about three years ago mm. and I just worry about I saw they were hammered the other day was it in the Vinnie Murray or the Father Godfrey in one of them and it just worries me you know that when you have a once off team the key is when you've got a good team striking when the iron is hot and building teams down below that and that's what they're doing in CBS Roscommon and they've linked up with Craig's Rugby Club over there and there's a great bond between the two and I think that is the way forward um, 
in Munster, Crescent in recent years, and Crescent are one of the powerhouses in Munster rugby, but they too have put a huge emphasis on Junior Cup rugby over the last decade. And that too has paid dividends. That said, a bit like Celtic and Rangers in Dublin, you have Celtic and Rangers in Cork too. Yeah. And it's very hard to look beyond Christians and Press. Very yeah. hard. And just on the Ulster and Connacht competitions, you mentioned Wallace earlier as one of the standout teams. I know Ballymena are probably, you know, close to them. I know uh, you know Neil Doak's son, I think, is meant to be one of their top men. Uh you know, and then in Connacht as well. Any anyone jumping out at you? Uh, Connacht I think is very open this year Garbley have dominated in recent years Sligo Grammar won the league before Christmas um, and CBS got to the semi-final to me they're the top three teams I think it's between any one of those three Sligo Grammar, Garbley and CBS and it'd be fantastic if CBS could win it that said you don't write off the Jazz Klaus Dignod who again have a great tradition in the cup I think any one of those four. And the other one in recent years is uh, who've supplied Robbie Henshaw and Jack Carty to the international game um, is Morris College, not long. I mean, they're another school that are right in there as well. So it's very open and they have a good system. They have, a, they have two round-robin groups and then the top four will play off in the, in the cup. In Ulster, um, hard to look behind. I was up there last weekend with a, a junior team in St. Gerard's where I'm involved playing uh, RBAI. That's Inst. Uh, and they're one of the traditional three up there with Campbell College uh, and Methody. They're all strong again this year. But if Wallace are ever to do it, this is the year. And you're right, Palomino are quite strong this year. And Friends Lisburn, like it's good to see these schools producing, even if they are one-off teams. And if they can, as I say, I'm repeating myself, if they can build on that from first year up, then, you know. But I, I, I think the, the game is in a good place. Royal School Armagh I've left off out of North. That's Tommy Bowe's old school. They're quite good this year too. They did very well in the medallion three years ago. So watch out for them as well. And just to finish up, uh, another plug for your supplement in this Saturday's Irish Independent. I know you like to talk to a couple of legends of Irish rugby and the, and their school uh, careers. And I know you got one particularly special rival of yours to contribute this year, um, Ollie Campbell. Um, must have been interesting catching up with him over some of your school days because I know you were in school around the same time as well. We were at the same time. We played against each other in the Cup in Donnybrook, Belbow against Mary's, the game you're talking about this year. Who won? Um, pardon? Who won? Uh, they won the Cup that year. I think they beat us 10-6 or something, or 10-7. It was close, anyway, uh, as it was at the time. But, yeah, it's funny, all the years. I, I do that. I've been doing that for a number of years now, about eight, eight, eight or nine years, where I get four ex-legends to talk about their memories, and they love it. They love going down you know, memory road. Uh, and I'd never done Ali, it just didn't dawn on me. And uh, I felt really guilty because I'd spoken to Rob Carney and he was going to do it for me. And then I got out to him and I said, look, I hope you don't He was mind. bumped. Yeah, yeah so, uh, but uh, yeah, Ali did it for me and it brought him some happy memories. He, he actually was quite detailed in the stuff he he's speaking about because he's very passionate about the game, as you know. Yeah, did uh, you know then when you were going head to head with him that it would become a, a recurring team later on? Back then? Yeah. No, it was, it was already in the latter years when we both advanced to senior club rugby and obviously him with Leinster me with Munster uh, that, that the rivalry began and then obviously at international level and whatnot. but we're closer friends now than we ever were that I can't tell you ah, good to hear and just before you finish you guys, I'm going to get these predictions for I guess for the, the marquee one the Leinster Cup that we, we spent the most time talking about Des who, who, do, you, who do you fancy this year? Um, oh, I think just on name alone you have to fancy St. Michael's and they have one last year just without seeing him it's difficult but uh You'd have to go for St. Michael's, I suppose, really. Tony? Yeah, I'm with that. I, I, I do think, uh, and you've named the two outstanding individuals, number eight, Will Hickey and Chris Cosgrave. I think Cosgrave's a particularly talented potential. Potentially, He can actually play any position from 10 to 15. 
I don't think he's played nine, but he's played every other one, and he's a real talent. If he, you know, if he, if he develops that talent and goes on, um, but they're strong everywhere. Very strong front row, uh, back row. They've everything. They're like it's a very very strong Michael squad. Um, and as I said, Des, the reason they are the dream team is because of their record over yeah. the years growing up. They're going to be hard to beat. Let's put it this way. Whoever beats Michaels, you know, I, I think they'll win it. That said, we always said that about Rock. For me, it's Rock or Michaels. And, and can I qualify that? I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I hope it's one of the other schools, one of the lesser ones. Well, it's starting off a great period in schools. We'll be over the next couple of weeks. Delighted to have Tony and Des in. Thanks so much for previewing with me. Thanks. Pleasure, Will. That's all we have time for on the left wing this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another podcast. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening and goodbye.